What's up guys? I'm your artist friend Chris Dyer and this is a brand new uh, show that I'm doing for you guys. Uh, we are in the year 2020, it's the year of COVID and I used to have a, a YouTube show called The Adventures where I would travel the world and do all these exciting things in different countries and show you the culture of those different places but now I'm not traveling anymore. I hang out a lot in, in Montreal in my hometown. And I wanted to keep on expressing myself through the video medium. And in this also, this time of COVID, a lot of people have been interviewing me for their own podcasts and interview shows. And, and it's always been very fun, but it's always about me and blah, 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 me, 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 me. And it kind of bores me. And I, I, I don't care about sharing the same Chris Dyer story over and over again. Meanwhile, I got a shitload of amazing artists, friends, creative people, top shelf amazing quality, beautiful, positive, creative souls that I hang out with all the time. Uh, some are well known, others not so much. Those things don't really matter. But I wanted to interview them in this new show that uh, I'm starting with you guys. I'm still trying to figure out the name. I think it's going to be called uh, Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. Uh, pretty straightforward. And yeah, on this first show, I'm hanging out with my friend Danny Rebel. Uh, he's a uh, a musician and an artist, which is perfect because, yes, most of my friends are visual artists, but I also will be interviewing musicians, so Danny is both. So I'm really stoked to hang out with him today. So, Danny Rebel, <laughs> how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Keeping, Keep on keeping on nice. with what's going on. Well, we, we met years ago uh, at some reggae shows that you were participating with, with uh, I think Vernon Mayton. Vernon Mayton. And uh, we got a common friend together, pro skater Barry Walsh. And then slowly we've been hanging out more, especially this year that I've been in Montreal more. And we've, you've come to the art jams. And it's always been a pleasure to hang out with you. So I, I'm getting to know you a little bit more these days. But uh, please tell our viewers uh, a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? Who you are? Well, I was born in the Philippines and grew up in Montreal. I'm a reggae musician. I'm in a reggae band called Danny Rebel and the KGB. We've been a band since 2007. And now I pursued my, uh, I wouldn't say career, I was just my new path of being an artist because I felt like I wasn't myself. Like a like, painter, you mean? Yeah. 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 You grew up in the Philippines. How how was that? No, I I came here when I was seven years old. My mom left me when I was fourteen months old in the Philippines to come here and work uh -huh. to bring my me, my sister, and my dad to Canada to have a better life. You know, land. exactly. And uh, you know, till today, I cannot thank her enough for doing all the work she did. I mean, my dad helped as well, but uh, it was you know she. She had to do, take a sacrifice, and uh, I didn't see her till I was like three years old, and then I didn't 
see her again till I was six, and then we were able to come to Canada, got our papers together. It was a long process of getting our papers ready. But yeah, she's she's the one. I don't know what I'd be today if I stayed in the Philippines. I don't know Thank if I... Thank you, Mama. Yeah, how, exactly. how is the Philippines? Like, what's the vibe there? Do you remember it at all? Do you know much about it? Uh, what would have been of you if you would have not moved to Canada? Um, it was scary. There were some, like... There was more violence. And, uh, I mean, I guess wherever you go, there's violence. But just, it was a different intensity. And it's a developing country. Exactly. It's a third world country so um but it made me open my eyes when i came to canada like how lucky we are to be here you know like back in back home we had to go when there would be a drought we had to go to the well to get some water and that was like one of people's chores right you know to get water <laughs> the, the most minimal things and then when i came to canada there was like a bathtub. I didn't know, even know what it was. Like, that's, you bathe in that. And then there's the faucet that says cold and hot. So, wait, what? You could... There's hot water you and cold water? Options, you know? <laughs> Sweet. Back home, you had to, like, heat up your water, you know? So, so how do you like uh, living in Montreal in general as an adult that you are now? Like, uh, we both live in Montreal. We love our city. What, what do you like about living in Montreal? You, you obviously haven't moved away, so... No, no. I love Montreal for its grittiness, its dirtiness. It's always under construction. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little bit uh, stressful, but, like, I love it, man. I love the people. Like, it's... Most people say, um, like, oh, like... I hate Toronto or I hate Winnipeg. It's not really about the place, I think. It's about the people that you connect with. And uh, that's what Montreal is. Like, I've, I've, you know, there are some few bad apples here and there, but, like, there's mostly really um, just nice people, you know. Right, totally. I, I like how it's, like, just generally open-minded, the mm -hmm. vibe, the whole thing where, like, it's half French, half English. And we don't want to be fighting with each other all the time. Exactly. So you just got to, like, accept each other. So yeah. that acceptance of, yeah, acceptance yeah. of languages goes with acceptance of races and cultures. And we're all just kind of, like, mixing it up. And we can afford rent. So that's yeah. good, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's what I love about Montreal, you know? Like, mm -hmm. the, the fact that we can afford apartments and studios still. Mm -hmm. Not being too gentrified. Yeah. So talking about studios, this is your studio, the Rebel Arc. Yes. Tell me a little bit about it. Um, our initial idea for this spot was, um, my sister has been brainstorming about a place to open up a, like a rehearsal studio for bands because there's none around here in uptown Montreal and it just fell through and she's been watching my art here and there and she was like, Hey, what about you have your own studio and we could make it a thrift shop at the same time. I have like. She would have all these uh, clothes that she's been accumulating, collecting for the past seven years. And she's like, I could hang my clothes up there and whoever comes up could buy the clothes and they could check out your art at the same time. And you could have performers play like a little acoustic jam. Well, we can't do it today. That was mm -hmm. the initial plan of this, this whole thing. But, you know, what? Right. I can't really do anything about that for now. Totally. 
But do people but, come up and buy some yes. old clothes? Some old clothes, like some some friends like uh, message me on Instagram or like Facebook, and they come up and sometimes there would be uh, all the customers that the barbershop downstairs and the salon and the restaurant see my little sandwich board outside. They're like, oh, there's a thrift shop up there? Cool. It's like uh-huh. really hidden, but right. it's really homey vibe. That's what my sister and I really envisioned. And I can't thank her en- enough for, you know, helping me with this. Awesome. Yeah, I remember I've only come to one show here. It was an acoustic show that you had. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it was uh, Callie was here mm-hmm. and just... The, it, the place was packed. You could yeah. barely move. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like in one corner playing your guitar. But it was such a good vibe, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, it's, yeah. it's that kind of like, as you say, gritty, real, rootsy vibes. Yeah, exactly. Creative Mo- Montreal. That no bells and whistles. Just right. realness. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And we're all just drinking beers in yeah. a random spot <laughs> of town. Um, so amazing. I'm happy that it, 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 it's working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been balancing music and art, but music comes first, right? Because that's been like your career or your path that you've been doing for longer, right? Um, it's more, I just, I'm just juggling them all at once. And I'm a father as well. Right. I, like, I have a, a seven-year-old and I'm juggling that with my art. But I think these days it's mainly my art, but I incorporate it as much as I do with my music. You know, I have to. There's no, like... Oh, this one's less or that one's less. I have to do it all at once. I have to juggle it. But you used to focus just on the music. Just on the music, yes. Right. And, and how, I would... how did that go? Tell me about your, your music career, your accomplishments. Uh, you used to uh, tour. Yes. Where do you go? You just uh, put out a, a, a vinyl. Yeah, so that's, that's an it. accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. Um, we, like I said, we started in 2007. We were like a bunch of uh, just high school friends who were playing punk music. I was in a uh, punk band before this. And uh, we just met in that little venue called Lex. It's closed now. But it was a DIY, like, all-ages venue where all the punk bands would play. And that's how we all, like, sort of met. And we, we wanted to do something different. Because everyone was in a, either in a punk band or a metal band. No one was doing anything else besides that in a group of friends, mm-hmm. you know? So we wanted to do something different. What year is that, more or less? That was like 2006. Mm-hmm. That's when we were, I was like more of a solo artist, like playing reggae music. And the, awesome. the mid 2000s was also really strong time for reggae music. I yes. remember I was like deep in the reggae scene at that time. Exactly. It was very popular. These yeah. days less for some reason, but um uh, yeah, I would I would say so too. But depending where you're going, of course, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And there's so many like genres of I mean types of reggae music right nowadays. You know, it's been spread out throughout the world. So like mm-hmm. so after that we just uh kept playing music and this little, um, well, they're pretty big. They're still pretty big today, a uh, record label called Stomp Records. They've been just hearing us here and there, and they decided to, you know, work with us. So that we, we were given the opportunity to make a, uh, a legit album because we did have a couple of EPs and a record. All the, uh, we, we did it all, all ourselves. We recorded it ourselves. And... Um, with this one, we were actually given some funds to 
make a legit album mm -hmm. and uh, thank you to stomp records for like for the opportunity and that's when we made our second album blast off that's when we went on the road like cross canada a couple times we did a little bit of the states how was touring it was it was dirty <laughs> it was dirty we were trying to we were trying not to go to too many um uh, hotel rooms because you know it's you can't really it's not like what you see on TV you know you don't see uh, the bands waking up on, on the floor of somebody else's uh, house of the show you, you you were just playing with you know and uh, it's uh, it's not they don't show that much of the, the greediness of being on tour mm. and you you you're um, lack of sleep, you know, you're always drinking and partying. That's what we, that was me at the time, but like, yeah, but we had to experience like These that. days of like, you know, downloads, touring is like the only way to make it, no? It's the only way to spread your music, but like, I mean, thankfully, thank uh, the internet for, for that opportunity as well to spread out your music, you know, since nowadays everyone's on their phone. You know, like, how do, how do I get music? Oh, should I buy the album or do I just, like, mm -hmm. stream it on my phone? It's pretty, mm. you know, people go with the simplicity. Yeah. And uh, the, um, not simplicity, but... Uh, uh, more convenient. More convenient. That's mm. it. That's the word. And, yeah, we were just, went on, we went on tour uh, across Canada a couple times and in the States. And then my daughter was born, so I had to take... A little bit of a break from from the music like I mean I still kept writing music and we kept playing shows like here and there but like not long tours we I wasn't able to go on like a whole month month and a half tour was was it fun touring like do you got any stories that you know like you remember like man touring was worth it because of that one night <laughs> um, I love touring because you get to connect with your audience, you know, and like even after the shows, you after the show, what do you do? You just pack up your stuff and you hang out with people who dug your music. And and that really means a lot to me when somebody goes up to you and says, yo, that song that you wrote, it really like touched me. And that was that that's the the juice right there for me uh, on making music. And uh, it's really not about the money and you can't, you can't just base it off of money. Yeah. Because it's, the realness is what keeps you going, I think, in music. Totally. There's, I, I know a lot of musician friends that love making music, but it's mm -hmm. really hard to make money from it mm -hmm. uh, but they keep on going you know like you always, have to be resilient right like you're doing stubborn it, <laughs> you gotta have passion that too you know, and have like true 100%. love for that vibrational vibrational creativity and expression mm -hmm. and uh yeah thank you for warriors like you that keep on putting the realness out there because it seems like in these these days the music that reaches most of the people <laughs> is just pure garbage from the radio from mm -hmm. corporate agendas and messages that are totally superficial mm -hmm. and void of true uh, soul and meaning. Mm -hmm. So those who are actually doing that and putting out that vibration out in the world for those who actually make an effort to uh, access it, I yeah. think it's a great social 
community service that you do. Of course. And uh, you think you'll do music forever? Yes, of course. Like I can't. There's, there's just songs that keep floating in my head that I have to keep writing down, and I, I just can't stop. It's a, it's my drug. Like I know it sounds cheesy, but it it really is. It helps with my uh, my confidence because a lot of artists struggle with self confidence and like being uh, just knowing your self worth. You know, it helps me with that and just connecting with people. It helps me connect with people. And I love just meeting people. Right, totally. And music and art is the best way to do it, I think. Now you've not abandoned music, like you'll always do it and you keep on working on a project, but you've mm -hmm. transitioned more into the uh, path that invest more time into making visual art and yes. paintings Painting. mostly. Yeah. Tell me a little about that. How do you get into it and you know what's your favorite medium? What's your subject matter? Okay. Tell um, me about your art. My art is uh, you know I started it all started from watching my dad uh, paint what uh, when I was back home in the Philippines. He used to do some murals for like festivals. Like the he did the backdrop of uh, the stage, the stage decor. And he would do the backdrop of that and he would paint at home. And my dad would also make like bootleg shirts because, you know, we're, we're, we live in the village and some people weren't able to, they couldn't afford to go to the city and, you know, buy like a fancy Chicago Bulls shirt or whatever. So my dad would make a bootleg like Chicago Bulls shirt and like just, mm -hmm. you know, sell it in the village. Nice. And... You know, some sometimes the eyes would be crooked, but that was like it's the beauty of it, uh -huh. you know. And uh, yeah, I just watched him do it, and I think he just like I inherited his his talent with that. And for the longest time, I would just wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a painter and draw. Uh, I, I used to call it. I want to be a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> My mom used to make fun of me because I I used to say I wanted to be a drawer, but. It's like, I'll put your, my socks in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, and now finally, at what age? We are like 30... I'm 33. 33. But I've been... I've, I, I kept making drawings for my friends here and there and drawing on my pants, on my jackets. I was always creating stuff with my clothes. And I just... Uh, like, after that, I, I got myself like a 9 to 5... Uh, as a stonemason, I was oh. I I studied it. I went to the states to get my, you know, my papers done for that, and yeah, I was I worked with a hammer and chisel, just chiseling on stone, making uh, dry laid walls, and dry laid is um, making walls with no mortar, and we would just you know how the Mayans did it, you know, okay. or like and then the the, the Irish tried to make it as well. So what do you mean? Like you cut the stone like really perfectly flat, so just everything just sometimes sometimes it would be perfectly? flat, sometimes it would be natural, and we would just pin the insides to make it solid, but it's still flexible since our winter here it it it, um, it freezes the ground freezes, but as soon as it thaws out, it gets all like it gets all wavy so it's more flexible for it uh, for the for the wall oh, okay, and okay. Uh, sometimes 
you know, you, you'd see walls with, with mortar into it. And like the next two years, it starts to crack because of that, that flowness. And uh, yeah, I just learned that 10 years of my life, I was doing that and I, I was just tired of it. I was just, uh, it wasn't where my heart was. I was making money, but I felt like I was just making money to make money. But yeah, yeah I was, I, I needed to feed my soul more than feed my mouth. I mean, it's it is important too because I'm I am a dad, but it is also very important for me to be happy, and I want and Kaya deserves that. My daughter deserves a happy dad, and I. Yeah, yeah. totally. So tell me more about your art, though. So you paint with acrylics. I paint with acrylics. You're very really? fast, from what I've seen. <laughs> like you can do one of these paintings in like what, like a day or two. Well, it depends on. It depends on my inspiration. Right. Like lately, I've been. I, f I feel like I've been like, I have to kick myself in the butt to like, uh, finish a painting. But like you know, it's always up ups and downs. You know, some some day some days I would finish like, three paintings in one day, just 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 like that. But like you know, it's it's never it's never on the up. It's always up and down like that. Right, and and you use uh, you, acrylics, and you got this kind of like rough around the edges, kind of reggae-ish style, right? Yes, I love that, and I also grew up with punk rock, and I love the just dirtiness of, just like how like like how I love my city. It's dirty, and perfection is not really my pain, my main focus. It's just, it's me, and I do a lot of portraits. I do a lot of. Um, like artists that I love, I love uh, I love painting uh, my my own city, and I like putting my favorite artists in the scene of where I live. You know, it's part of me. And uh, so you show your love for the musicians that you resonate with, exactly in scenarios that are very much your hometown, which probably a lot of these musicians haven't been to. Yeah, way. yeah, exactly. I like just stuff that I that I have in my head, you know, I like, I like to put that on, on a canvas. So has it been working out the whole art thing? Uh, how long have you been doing it since you really jumped into the art? Um, I've been doing it for, I've been painting since I was a kid, like but as drawing, a but as a career, I've only started jumping in like two years ago. So like, very I've, recent. Yeah, I, I was doing it on the side uh, with my stone masonry job, but I find I was just like sleeping on my canvases. Like I got, I get home from a, like a 14 hour day. Then I would, you know, be a dad. And then when she was asleep, when she'd be asleep, I would just work on a canvas. And then I just find myself waking up with paint all over my face, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know, that's the life. but at the same time, I was never really, uh, long uh, sleeper kind of guy. I don't really sleep that much. I'm like, I'm very nocturnal creature. How many hours do you sleep? At least like five to six hours a day. That's mm. my, that's, oh, that's still something, but. I'd be tired if I only slept yeah. five hours a night. Yeah. I need my eight. <laughs> you need sleep. <laughs> yeah, eight, nine, whatever my body wants, I'll give it to them, to but, it. Yeah. But uh, so since you started your art career, has it been working out? Have you been able to make a living from it? Like, how's it going? So far, so far, it's going great. I mean, like, I thank uh, 
I thank you. I thank you know all the 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 artist friends who you know uh, basically get me inspired on doing this as a living. You know, and also the people who listen to my music. You know, some of them didn't know that I painted, so like they're already my fan base with my music are like supporting me with my art as well and like people are just angels like I meet a lot of angels in my life and I like I can't thank you guys enough nice. you know <laughs> is it mostly Montreal clients or is it uh, worldwide uh, lately a lot of uh, my my customers have been in the Brooklyn area in New York and in LA Okay, nice. Like that area. Because they love reggae music. Every time I paint like a reggae artist, they're like, oh, I want this one. Uh-huh. Is it still available? And what's your prices like, more or less? Um, I guess it depends on the size and the hours I spent on it. Like, I don't know. What would be the most expensive one that you have moved so far? Something you spend a lot of time that you're like, yes, I sold that one. Uh, I, it's not here. <laughs> the wow. three by four is this one. Uh -huh. This one I, I, I sold for 15, mm -hmm. 15, five zero zero fifteen hundred, not 15,000, but 1500. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's great. But that originally it's, uh, it's a three by four painting uh -huh. that I uh, sold to in Toronto okay, from, cool. for a friend who just grew up. Uh, well, his band grew up in that area, Fatal. Uh -huh. They just practiced in that area. Nice. And he saw that. So that's in Toronto? That no, this one is in Montreal. Okay. In St. Henry, actually. Oh, okay, so they were, they were Torontonians, like, practicing in Montreal, living here at the time? Uh, they moved to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Okay. They decided you. to move to the bigger city. Who does that? <laughs> I don't know. If you're going to move to a bigger city, move to New York or something. Yeah, exactly. Toronto. Toronto's like the... <laughs> the bootleg uh, New York, yeah. I think. <laughs> no disrespect or... No know, disrespect. No I love Toronto. Toronto's cool. <laughs> you know, we love Toronto. But when you live in Montreal, sometimes it's like, why would you move to Toronto other yeah. than you want to make more money? So, which and sometimes that's a factor. And lose more money. Really? <laughs> oh, because you got to pay higher rents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought of moving somewhere else other than Montreal? Oh... Uh, lately, I've been kind of thinking about that, but it's hard when uh, you also have a kid. You know, I share my my kid with my ex. You know, and she comes one week with me, one week with her, and right. you know, maybe one of these days. You know, but I'd like to live somewhere warm, no winter. But I, I'm kind of used to the whole coldness of Montreal. If you had a option, say uh, Kaya is old enough, she moved out, and you got some money, uh, where would you want to move out? I'd still want to be in the somewhat of the city, but closer, close close to the uh, nature as well. I think I would go with. I think I'd go with California, even though it's on fire. Yeah, <laughs> but New York, New York also has that same grittiness like Montreal. Yeah, so East Coast vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's what we like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, like sometimes, like as it's a, hard. As the question is very hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, 
I think it's nice to be able to like jump from place to place or to have a base yeah. in Montreal, which is cheap and nice, mm -hmm. and then just go to different places and spend like exactly. a month here and there, but yeah. always have your nice base in a place that you're comfortable in. I'd want to go back to the Philippines for sure. Nice. Well, I hope you yeah. manifest that sometime mm -hmm. when things are allowed, when we can travel again. Eh? Yeah. But are we, aren't we allowed now though? I, I, don't, like... I don't know what they're, <laughs> I think Canadians can go other places, but you know, like, you know, you got to put, what, two weeks in quarantine and, like, there's no activities and you can't do a show, so mm -hmm. can't paint murals. Like, technically, yeah. I could go to different places of the States, but I'm kind of, like, using this whole COVID time as an excuse to just chill out a little bit. Yeah, like, I've been on you've the been moving quite a bit. <laughs> I've been traveling a lot the last few years, and it's been blessed and fun, but you're, it's also been very exhausting. You're an inspiration, Chris. Oh, like, thanks, it, man. It's, it's crazy. Well, you, you tour more <laughs> hardcore than me, like, as a musician with a band, you know, doing shows yeah, every night. That's, but, yeah. you know, uh, I just do the art thing, like, oh, paint my mural at this festival, and then I'll, you know, chill out and hide. But yeah, no, it's been nonstop and I've been mm -hmm. kind of like chasing my success and abundance and at one point you, you get it and then you're like, okay, well, you you got what you wanted. Can yeah. you stop now? Can you just enjoy and smell the flowers? No, I think you'll, you'll just keep competing with yourself. Like, <laughs> right, but that's my decision, right? Yeah. Like, at one yeah. point, I like, want to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, there, there's a point, there's a line you have to like draw for yourself where it's like, okay, when do I stop always wanting more? Mm -hmm. You know, and when I did my big show in Miami, where I, you know, end of 2018, during yeah. Miami Art Basel, I rented this warehouse, uh, had all my art there, sold some big paintings. It was kind of like, all right, I did this big thing to prove that I'm a big artist and blah, 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 mm -hmm. and I got money and blah, blah, and and now what? Do I go, gotta go and do the, the bigger, bigger thing <laughs> to even one-up that and show people I'm even bigger of an artist? Or do not, I just Not chill? necessarily or bigger, I, but like a different vibe. I don't know. Or, or, always... or do I just chill out and go lie by the beach and enjoy the success that I've created for myself, you know? And that's kind of what I did. The, the year after, I went to India just for mm -hmm. fun. I spent a month there, and now I want to spend my, my, my winters in Peru not necessarily working, you know? Maybe yeah. deflecting work and just enjoying and painting for myself. So mm -hmm. if I can afford to not work, mm -hmm. maybe I'll do more of that. I could always do more art, always one-up the art, but yeah. the whole career success, yeah. you know, uh, flexing as they call it, yeah, I'm kind of getting over it. You kind of gotta keep it up to some degree. If not, people are like, "We'll move on to the next artist," and they forget you. And you know, I also want to keep the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And you know, and the abundance I, I created for myself. Yeah, I mean, with me, like, I, I, I'm still at the stage of like, I have to please the customer uh, more than I, I have to please myself. You know, like with with the art. You know, because, you know, I'm just. I, I'm just started. I just started. Like, I'm still very small. But you're doing but, great. Two years, yeah. and you got a great body of work. I, I, I can't yeah. wait till you do a solo show yeah. at, a, at an actual gallery <laughs> and sell sell out like, yeah. all these beautiful, amazing paintings at a very affordable price. One of these days, but I think I need bigger the bigger pieces. You know, it doesn't... <laughs> yeah, but bigger pieces are harder to sell because yeah. they take you longer and... Mm -hmm. And then you need to get some rich people in the door. And that's people we don't really know too no. much, people like you and me. That's uh, true, too. 
But the smaller pieces, yeah. like, oh, I can sell that for something that a dude like us could buy. Be like, yeah. oh, I love that artist. I want that in my home. So, True. you know, it mm -hmm. takes you. I, I think there's time to do both. Mm -hmm. I think the bigger piece, or at least when I make it, when I make a bigger piece, yeah. I know I probably won't sell it. Or if mm -hmm. I sell it, it might it's take more me, for yourself. Like, it's more yeah. for me. You know, yeah. like I'm doing this piece, so it's in my house, so I know I can do this thing. Mm -hmm. And I probably won't sell it, and I'm okay with not selling it because yeah. I want to fucking enjoy this thing yeah. that I made for myself. Um, but yeah, and then there's murals, you know? Yeah. Murals is the next level of something big. That's my next step into picking up the can. Cause like, but at the same time, uh, we talked about this last time. Like, uh, I feel like to do a mural in my head, you know, you have to pick up the can. But I think you told me, or either someone else was like, "Why don't you just pick up a brush? It's okay. It's the same thing. You can right. you still use a brush." Just but need I like think big buckets of paint and yeah. splash around <laughs> like that. Lee uh, Scratch Perry. That's yeah. brush, right? That's brush. Yeah, and it's that's brush. huge, and that's yeah. nice. Yeah. If anything, I find when the canvas is bigger, when the uh, when you got even a mural size canvas. Mm -hmm. And you gave a big brush. You got so much more space to get in all these different details and minuances right. that you might not be able to get with a small brush and a small yeah. canvas. Yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, there's something nice to be done on a bigger canvas for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you might have known. Now, you're a person. Going back to the music, two seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, you are a person who does reggae music mixed with a little bit of punk. Right. Not so much, not so much the sound, but more the attitude, as because I I grew up with punk rock and like not being like, you know, the whole soul of punk rock is, is not perfection. It's just like my work. It's not perfection. It's it's okay. It's okay if it sounds like shit. Right. You know, <laughs> but you gotta have some soul into there. Totally. Like that's it, where I. It's even preferred when it's like got yeah. like rough edges than if yeah. it's all cleaned. Exactly. Studio mode. And uh, yeah, with my that's how I, I. Like kind of went with that vibe with my music. I I love reggae music, but I wasn't so much into the spiritual side, uh, but more of a life. Uh, just my life experiences. But so you're not Rastafarian? Uh, I would say that I'm a Rastafarian for yeah. sure. I am a Rastafarian. You, got, you in... got bigger dreads than most <laughs> Show that beaver tail of yours. There it is. <laughs> well, it's not officially yeah. a beaver tail. I am a Rastafarian, but I, I'm in Babylon, living in Babylon. That's how I would say it. Right, and, totally. Yeah. So it's more like... Different people got different opinions of what being a Rasta is. Mm -hmm. People, it's like, oh, it's a religious thing that mm -hmm. points to Ethiopia and the black culture. Mm -hmm. And other people say, like, no, it's about one love and all races coming mm -hmm. together under the vibration that Selassie I mm -hmm. was putting out there. Yeah. But it's a spiritual oneness that we can all live. Yeah. Peace within yourself so you can spread it to others. That's what I think Rastafari is. And... Uh, you know, you can't, there's nothing else I could, you know, add to that. You have to have peace within yourself in order to be peaceful with everyone else. Right. So the fact that you're uh, Asian or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Filipino race, has that mattered to anybody in this music genre that only, usually is for Caribbean Only people? to people who... Uh, don't understand it you know some of my 
Jamaican friends who are Rasta men think it's like it doesn't matter, you know. Like, but there are some uh, who call themselves Rasta men and practice just like uh, they don't have peace within themselves and they just spread hate. And that's what they don't like. You know, that's what I don't like. Nobody should, you know, spread hate. You know, mm -hmm. who, do you realness. who do you say in the music world is the one who's put out that true Rasta vibration out the best? Hmm. I think uh, the man, uh, Toots Hibbert, he's the man. He didn't wear locks, mm -hmm. but he spread peace within his music. Right. You know, he didn't have all the bells and whistles. He didn't have to take a picture smoking the joint in right. front of people, you know. But he brought, without screaming Rastafari, he was Rastafari. Totally. Because he's, he doesn't have to say it, mm -hmm. you know. It's, it's uh, like I feel a lot of people have to like brag and boast to prove something. But sometimes you just got to feel it that right. someone's this or that way. There's a saying that says uh, <coughs> those who say they know usually don't know. Yeah. And those who <laughs> know, they just don't say it. They just are it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, Toots who just passed away a couple weeks ago, more or mm -hmm. less. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, example of that vibe who else do you like who's your favorite like musicians uh, or even like painters and artists who's your inspirations and people you look up to i look up to you man oh come on <laughs> i'm you. for real like <laughs> thank you you like i came to your house and you bring out all this art like every little uh, like no joke i'm not just saying it just because i'm in your show but like <laughs> just uh, you're my first uh like artist friend who i actually seen um you work so hard on e each piece i've never seen that before i've never had a a friend where i could witness that you know you're my inspiration man like oh, you've been doing it for what 20 20 some years uh well i'm 41 I, I, as a career as a career since 2003 but I went to school for it years, yeah. and before that, I was also doing art. It's, mm -hmm. it's a life. It's I'm a, a life. lifer for sure. Yeah. Ever since I was pretty. Yeah, I love you too, doggy. But Sunny. Sunny, come, come here. Come here, bud. Come on. Come here. Go break. Come on. Yeah. So you're you're my inspiration. I don't. Um, nice, it's a good thing I put you on the first show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's uh, as far as musically, uh, I've always loved Joe Strummer. Mm -hmm. because he wasn't he didn't care about he didn't really care so much about what they sounded like it's, it's all about the message mm -hmm. to him joe strummer you know? was the singer of the clash the clash that's it yeah and he, then he had a, his own uh, solo project at the end before he died yeah exactly the mescaleros and yeah he's just uh, him and toots hibbert is my them together is what i want to do and with a sprinkle, a sprinkle a little bit of uh, Otis Redding in there. Cause I love soul. I love soul music. I'm well, a sucker for soul music. You're a great singer, so I hope at the end of the show I can get you to like play a little music to uh, show that vibes. Mm -hmm. um, you were saying how uh, Toots didn't smoke weed. What about you? Do you smoke weed? 
No, I I used to. I used to smoke a lot, but then I just uh, it just wasn't for me. I just get paranoid and and I know it's about the strain of weed you're smoking, but I I feel like it's not it's not it's not necessary. Right. That's another thing that like somebody who has dreadlocks mm -hmm. And plays in a reggae band. I know I was saying something past your joints. Like, no, sorry, I don't smoke. It might shock a person and be like, what? <laughs> You're breaking my stereotype for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to put you in a neat little box. Exactly. And know exactly what you yeah. to do. <laughs> exactly. Like like when, when I went to the mountain the other day, I got asked like at least five times if I have weed on me. Like, <laughs> yeah, Rasta man, you have, you, have, you have some piff? He asked me. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is that? That's what the cool kids call weed nowadays. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the lingo of the, of the youngins. Yeah. So, um, how has this year treated you? You're, you're still fairly new on your visual art career, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you're still doing your music. You can do your music in the studio, maybe not touring. How, mm -hmm. How's 2020 being for you? Has it been a good thing, a bad thing, challenging? It's. You know what? It's like. Kind of the same thing besides uh, from not being on the road. Uh, it's been kind of the same art-wise, bless you. Because, you know, I'm, I'm in either in my studio or at home painting. Right. Or sometimes I would like to paint outside of home. It gives me more inspiration. Like artists are already all, all the time on quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Painting and being by themselves. And then they say like... You know, I think we only get like rebellious and like, hey, yeah. what are you doing? Is because now we're forced to do it. And it's like, hey, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm a free soul. <laughs> I stay home because I want to. <laughs> yeah, when everyone, when 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 the government was like, all right, everyone, lockdown. All the artists and the creatives are all like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> we have to be with ourselves <laughs> again, all the time. Yeah. Do you got any hope for the world of ours? I mean. I do. I always try to keep it, uh, keep a good, positive mind towards it. But sometimes it's really hard. Like yesterday, you know. Usually I don't talk about this in an interview, but like sometimes you just need a good cry. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to release that, and it's, it's, it's necessary. Because sometimes you know, artists like I said earlier have that, uh, I think all artists have that self-doubt feeling. And yesterday was just like really, it was a lot. And I felt like I need, I haven't cried in a very long time. And I felt wow. like it, it needed to happen. Mm -hmm. in yeah, order. It's, it's, it's such a great release. For men, it's difficult, at least for me. My dad, mm -hmm. was, since I was early, would tell me like, Chris, don't cry. Men, don't cry. Yeah, You're not supposed to cry. Exactly. But I was very sensitive. I, mm -hmm. get, I think that's why he would tell me not to cry. Because he didn't want my feminine side to come out because in Peru it's like a negative thing yeah. to be feminine when you're a man. Even nowadays with your friends, you know, like, oh, you cried, oh, poor daddy. All, I bet you, you guys are saying that right now. <laughs> but totally. it's, you know, it's reality, man. Yeah. Like, you, you need to uh, release it that way. Definitely have cried a lot this year. Mm -hmm. Usually I need mushrooms to get into that mm -hmm. zone of sensitivity where I can just let mm -hmm. the cry out. 
but then yeah. it comes out very aggressive, like, yeah. like hard, like, yeah. like I feel bad for my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Who must feel they either think back. you're having sex <laughs> or what's going on with Chris? <laughs> Chris is very melancholic in his sexual activity by himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got another question for you. Mm -hmm. This is a question I want to do all my guests. Do mm -hmm. you believe things like art and music can help heal the world? I mean, it's the only thing we got. That's the, it's it's what we got. Like, how else are we gonna save the world? It's the it's the easiest way to spread the message, I think, without anyone being bored with talking, someone trying to explain something. Sometimes you get lost, you know. Especially nowadays, people have a really low attention span, and I, f I find music and art it's there right in front of you. It's almost you know? like we can create our own propaganda for the good yeah. side. No one's paying us to create the positive propaganda to heal the world. Yeah. But it's in our hands to yeah. like uh, fight back from the negative propaganda that's being shot at us left and right from all the mainstream media yeah. and news and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like yeah. they're just throwing so throwing such a hard code of superficiality exactly. and just you know obedience in a way that we have to like. Uh, Put out this rebel vibe, you know. You, yeah. I'm sure your real name is not Danny Rebel. Uh, <laughs> it's why, my, it's what, my birth name. <laughs> <laughs> why did you choose Danny Rebel? What are you rebelling against? I'm rebelling against what everyone else is doing, I guess, at the time. And in my position that time, like everyone was doing like punk music or like heavy music, and I wanted to uh, use reggae music to rebel. Mm -hmm. And I was always that, oh, I'm different kind of guy. But, like, I've always wanted to do something out of the ordinary. I love weird. That's why I call myself an alien. Because, you know, I love, I embrace my weirdness. Even my humor sometimes. People would be like, is that, that guy okay? Mm -hmm. Is he, like, on drugs? But no, this, I was born like this. Mm -hmm. This is me. You're, you're very unique. You're, you're, for me, like, if it was, like, you know, an award for Montreal's best dressed or most original. Yes. You, you always got the styles, you know. And I respect that because I'm kind of boring in my presentation. But then again, I just like to be a Jedi in the, in the background. The spotlight's on me more than I feel comfortable. So mm -hmm. in my normal life, I just want to be undercover. But that's great if you can always shine like mm -hmm. the sun on everybody. I got to. I and, think I need to. and show them that they also can just be whatever the fuck they want to be and not fear like what yeah. others will think mm -hmm. you know so when I hang out with somebody like you who's just very much himself mm -hmm. I love that because like fuck it why am I afraid mm -hmm. of being myself I just want to shine like the sun and if exactly. people can't handle the light that's their issue not mine why do I gotta take other people's <laughs> issues huh <laughs> that's why I chose the color yellow today oh because you know I love the sun and my dog's name is sunny oh uh, yellow's my favorite <laughs> color yeah and I'm yeah. a sun worshiper whatever that means so. same <laughs> yeah same so you did it perfect today yeah. so do you have any uh, final message to the viewers of this brand new show you're in the first episode do you um, have any like final words to young artists or just to people or anybody watching out there on planet earth uh, my message is to not be so hard on yourself. I know like a lot of us are on our phones and especially artists when they see an, an artist producing all this work and this and that, don't feel bad that you're not doing as much, you know, it all comes with the vibes and, uh, just be nice to yourself. 
That's all. That's my message. Be nice yeah. to yourself. <laughs> that's a great message. That's so crucial, you know? Yeah. Compassion. Yeah. You know, the compassion you have for yourself, the compassion you have for others. You know, we want to make the world a better place. And we exactly. can't do it if we're always fighting each other because we're afraid of each other. Yeah. You know? We got to yeah. love ourselves. We Not so much we're afraid. I think we just don't understand mm -hmm. each other sometimes. But that's where the fear comes. Yeah. Because we project yeah. onto others like, oh, I don't get him. So it's different from me. So uh, Absolutely. And, and then you just put all these layers on top to kind of defend yourself from something that's not even attacking you. Mm -hmm. And even if something was attacking you, the problem is in them, not, not in you. And you don't really even have to defend yourself. You just got to kind of like accept them and move mm -hmm. along, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is the end of the show. It was a great, <laughs> lovely conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to be this interviewer, you know. Usually I'm the interviewee. You're doing great, Chris. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope I did well. Um, I would love if you did the jingle to the beginning of my, of my show. I'm going to do it. And I, Hands I, I, down. I'm I'll do really it. excited. <laughs> but would you like to play us a little song, whatever you want here, to show us some vibes? Sure. I mean, this I just broke a string, but I'll use my ukulele. Okay. <laughs>
with so lost We lost our Next week, my guest will be Jern D. But the feeling now, knowing that I've earned it through art, not through drugs, I pay all my bills, I own my cars, and uh, I treat my son to a great life, and none of it's with drugs, um, it's one of the best feelings in the world. When I grew up, punk is a big thing in Montreal. Uh, DIY, doing it yourself, and really, that has changed over the years, and now punk is not exactly what it was when I was a kid, but to me, punk meant you're doing it yourself. And that goes all the way to artisan making their own beers and liquors. It's still punk if you're doing it yourself and you're trying to, you're, you're making it your own. So make sure to subscribe, like, and everything else. Big thanks, and see you next week. Peace.